Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I am doing good. I'm trying to even, I'm like, how am I doing? <laughs> I think good. Self-check-in. Pretty good. You know, went out and got myself an afternoon latte, which always makes me feel better. Mm. Yeah. And I'm excited about this episode that you have put together because I think it's really interesting and I know we have a lot of good things to talk about. I'm kind of excited too. I don't even know how I thought about it or like how I thought of it, but I was sitting here like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> Spoiler alert, I did not plan this that far in advance. <laughs> but I was trying to figure out like, it does get difficult as we get further and further into a season of like, what is going to help people or be beneficial to people? And so I, this one's a little different, but hopefully it'll be helpful. Yeah, I think so too. And I was on a call yesterday that kind of like, reignited the excitement to talk about deliverability. So that's good. And I'm extra oh, excited for this episode, but it was the um, Spark Loop office hours. Yes. It was so good to have, it was like a live office hours with people who I don't think, you know, listen to this podcast or anything. So mm-hmm. they don't know too much about deliverability. And there were so many good questions and things I hadn't even really thought about before. So that was fine. And it, it just helps to have that feeling of like, oh, there's more stuff to talk about. We haven't talked about all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That is helpful. Well, do you want to tell us what we're going to chat about today? Sure. So um, I started, yeah, I was sitting here thinking like, what what's something we haven't talked about in a while? And funnily enough, this seems like a very obvious thing, but I started thinking like, I wonder if people are out there, I get this question a lot from just friends and family, like, is email still as big as as everyone says it is? Mm-hmm. And are people still using email in the way that is helpful for their business? And is it impactful? And why is it such a key player still in the marketing, today's marketing landscape? So I thought we could kind of talk through just what things look like now. I think even we may have kind of touched on this a couple years ago. Isn't that crazy to say like a couple years ago? Yes. But I was looking back at our initial episodes and they were from 2020 and I was like, what a wild time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Very wild. (laughs) So weird. And so I was, I think we touched on kind of like why email is important to your business, but we didn't really, as far as I remember, we didn't really go into, you know, the differences of like, I mean, even since then, TikTok is like way bigger now. Right. So it's just crazy, like two, what a difference two years can make. And I think that's, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would be fun to talk about today. Yeah, I love it. It's especially fun for me to talk about right now because my husband, Thomas, who I've mentioned a few times on the show, mm-hmm. has out of nowhere, just like gotten so into email marketing, which is fun, but also it's like I get done with work and he's like, can you help me on my convert kit sequence? And I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> you live and breathe convert kit. Yeah. So that's fun. Uh, it is fun usually, but he's like, he's listening to a ton of podcasts about email marketing and telling me what he's learning and he's super pumped about it. And so that's been nice. And like, I'm getting a new excitement about email through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think this podcast will be a great chance for us to talk about that and why email is so exciting because now he's talking to all his like musician friends about it 
and kind of giving them this spiel about why email is so great. And I think it's kind of fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. We can dive into our first kind of little topic about it. Why does email work? Yeah. Well, the first one is if you have access to internet, then you probably have an email address. And everyone has it. I mean, you kind of have to, I feel like, again, if you have access to internet, like you, your appointments get scheduled now through your receipts get sent to email. Like a lot of things we do revolves around sending things to your email. So everyone has it. Yeah. This is random not to go too far off topic, but it just made me think, I'm like, do you remember, or was this only where I'm from when you were in like middle school? Mm -hmm. Did you get school email addresses And you could like send each other emails. We may have, but that's in a very, very different filing cabinet in my brain. Oh my gosh. I can't even, I wouldn't have even thought about that unless you had brought it up. I'll never forget it. That's hilarious. I thought it was so fun. Like me and my friends in the computer lab, we would start sending each other (laughs) emails and it was like everyone's first initial last name kind of thing. And yeah, it's just so funny to think about like, and email Alyssa was born. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I should have known in middle school. I was like, this is so fun. I'm going to email that boy over there, tell him he's cute or something. Like I used to think that was That's so funny. The most fun thing to do. So here we are. Yeah. And emails come a long way. It has since then. <laughs> like you said, pretty much everyone has an email. If you want to like log into almost anything on the internet, you got to have an email to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one way email is still so different than social media because you know, it might seem like everyone has an Instagram or a Facebook Mm -hmm. or a TikTok, but that's not true. Like, especially across demographics. I'll never forget. I think I was in college and I was around a group of high school girls and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to add you all on Facebook. And I thought they were going to just laugh in my face. They were like, we don't have Facebook. You're old. So, (laughs) um, and you know, there are some people you're going to meet that are obsessed with TikTok and then mm-hmm. others who do not have TikTok and won't have a TikTok. So that's one way that email is super different is it's pretty universal across demographics and it is. types of people. I just pulled up a quick stat. <laughs> this is from Wallaroo Media for reference, active users of other social platforms. So Facebook is still king of social media with mm. 2.9 billion users. YouTube is at 2.2 billion. Instagram's at 1.4. TikTok is at 1 billion. Snapchat is at 750 million. Pinterest is at 480 million. And Twitter comes in last with 300 million. Wow. So kind of interesting. It is. TikTok really shot its way up there. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But that's such a good point, though, about the demographics. Like, my grandmother has an email. Mm-hmm. She actually has Instagram, too, which is funny. She'll be like, did you see that thing on Instagram I sent you? <laughs> cute. It is cute. But... Yeah, email is very, I would say, like a very user-friendly experience for the most part, unlike a lot of social media platforms. Yeah, and that kind of goes into another point I thought about when taking notes for this, which is that your subscribers, people who have email addresses, have the control to interact with your email when it's the best time for them Mm -hmm. versus social media They might not even see your message Mm -hmm. or they might see your message, but like they're doing something else. They're just scrolling through their phone. Pop up, you know, is your video and you're saying, oh, here's a link to my new course. But it's like, well, they're wrangling their kids or whatever. They're Mm -hmm. out the door. It wasn't the right time or place for them to see your social media post. 
But with email, you can send an email whenever you want. And that doesn't dictate when someone is going to open it. Mm -hmm. And they can choose to let it sit in their inbox until they're at their desk or, you know, on their couch and ready to engage with your email. So I really like that part of email or social media because social media feels much more like, well, I hope someone sees this and I hope that when they see it, they're in a good place too. It's very reactive in the moment. Yeah. I love that. I also think it's so much easier to organize your inbox with email than it is like even on Instagram. I have to be totally honest. I don't have TikTok. I think I would waste a lot of my life (laughs) if I had TikTok. It's addicting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a time suck for sure. So like on Instagram, I'll see something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that recipe. I really want to save that. And I'll, you know, use the little like bookmark tab Mm -hmm. thing. And there's no way like... I wish Instagram gave me like file folders in that page where I could drag and drop like a recipe into a folder that was like recipes because it's all just saved in all of my bookmarks unless there's something I don't know. Yeah. It's all just saved on that page. There was a time when they had little folders and I remember I was excited about it and then they didn't work for me. So I don't know if they fixed it by now, but yeah, I agree. And then sometimes, yeah, like you're saying, there's like a cool recipe or something, but I, even though I have my phone open and it's up there, I'm like doing 10 other things and Mm -hmm. I don't have a chance to actually Mm -hmm. look at all the steps of the recipe and do the thing. Whereas if they emailed me, I would just keep it marked as unread until I was ready to look at it and save it. So And that goes into, which we talk about pretty often, is owning your audience. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important that we own our audience versus have it on social media platforms? Yeah, this is such a big one. And and I I think this is a conversation that's happening in creator spaces. But I still think that there are a lot of very successful people on Instagram, on YouTube, who who are doing so well that this is not part of their their business model. This is not part of their like flywheel, if you will. We've talked about flywheels before in another episode, but it's so important because if anything happened on those platforms today or tomorrow, which I just talked about, like the difference between TikTok users in 2020 compared to now, which that's a positive for a lot of creators on TikTok. But that's just an example of like a big change, big shift in a social media platform. And it could go either way. It could go positive or negative. It's hard to say. Like, you know, we oftentimes use the, well, millennials, I think, love to use the example of MySpace. (laughs) But just that we don't always know, yeah, where, which direction these are going to go in. And that, not just the success of a platform, but also like how their algorithms work. You know, we don't always know how Gmail is doing things. You know, we don't always know like why they send an email to the promotions folder or spam. It's not always easy to know that, but at least you can test things and periodically like check in on yourself. Whereas I know that a lot of influencers I follow and a lot of creators I follow on like Instagram, for example, really struggle to help their subscribers know what to do in order to keep their content visible to those followers. Yeah. Something you said made me think about maybe an analogy that makes sense. Who knows? I'm not a stock market expert, but it kind of feels like if you have a large audience on a social media platform, it's almost like your audience loses and gains value based on how well that social media platform. Oh, I love that. Is performing. I thought about Twitter. So, you know, yeah. Twitter was in a very different place like a few years ago. And Now, it seems much more rocky. (laughs) There are a lot of people who have left Twitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I don't know. I know Elon Musk tweets all the time that, like, it's better than ever. 
I would have to look into the data, but um, Mm -hmm. it's possible that there's less engagement on Twitter now than there used to be. Mm -hmm. If that's true, that means someone with a large audience, their audience has sort of lost value Mm -hmm. over time if less people are actually logging into Twitter and being active on Twitter. And it's not anything the creator did wrong. It's just that the way that those their audience has engaged with that platform has changed. Yeah. So if, you know, something happens with TikTok, you know, there's talk of it being banned. Who knows? Like, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And if you have an audience there, it will lose all its value if right. that audience can no longer access the app. So if you have any sort of following, if you're trying to build an audience, you definitely need to collect their email addresses. Right. And not to sound like all doomsday but it's just important. It's like, yeah, that's what your business is built on. So make sure you have actual ownership over contacting your audience. And I'm not going to get into any type of opinion at all about what you just said about TikTok. (laughs) But one thing to just keep in mind is that regardless of what your views are on that platform, I think just the fact that that's a conversation right now is whether you agree or disagree with whatever decisions are made, at the end of the day, it's still a conversation that's happening in right. the public and you have information to that. So about that. So use that now as a sign or, or whatever to just say like, I'm going to take action over and mm-hmm. yeah, action over my own list. I think a lot of people, obviously, if you're very successful on TikTok, you don't want to see that platform go away. But I still think it's important to be like, you don't have control always over what happens yeah. with those platforms. So it's a good time to just start thinking about yeah. next steps. So I think that's a good call out. And even if TikTok doesn't, you know, go away, one thing I've seen happen to a lot of creators I follow is they'll post on, you know, Instagram or something and say, um, my TikTok has been banned. They said that I posted something dangerous and I totally Mm. didn't. It was a makeup tutorial or something. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely seen some weird content moderation things happen where they made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that can happen on any social media platform. Yeah. So you never know. Your account could just get totally banned and you didn't. Yeah. I've seen it on Instagram too. Yeah. I've seen it on YouTube. People will be like, my Instagram was disabled. Yeah. I saw someone posting about, oh, they were trying to post phone numbers for domestic abuse resources and their Instagram account was disabled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like what we talk about with algorithms and like machine learning or whatever, but like, it's not a person. Right. So they're trying to do one thing and it's turning out that it's affecting people in a negative way, even though they're trying to do something positive. So that's, again, that's another thing to think about. So one note that you had here to talk about that I also think is really interesting is, um, customizing outreach based on individuals' preferences. And this made me also think about ads. And we've, you know, talking about like ad sales, because a lot of people will be on Instagram and they'll have different ads that are directed towards them that may have nothing to do with them. And you can actually, you know, say like, this ad doesn't apply to me or whatever. But that happens like quite a bit, I think. Mm -hmm. And if you have an email list and you maybe have someone who's interested in paying you to do an ad, the rate of success for you as an individual and getting paid to actually be able to host that ad is so much higher than like Instagram using like an ad sandwiched in between your content and another creator that you know. Right. Neither one of you is going to get credit for that being posted. And you know what I mean? That's a good point. Instagram is getting paid, not you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're getting paid. Yeah. They're getting paid big bucks. I mean, we know, I know a lot of brands who have become very successful because of targeted ads on Instagram. 
And you could be making that money instead of Instagram. So that's just something to consider. Ooh, I love that take. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And similar to what you're saying, if you're going to hop on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or whatever, the content you're putting out there is going to go to your entire audience, which I'm sure your audience has a lot in common and that's fine. But with email, you can get really custom. Mm -hmm. So to go back to my husband as an example, he works in music and does a lot of different things. And he was trying to understand who are his subscribers. So in his welcome email, you know, he introduces himself and then he has a section at the bottom that's like, click here if you're an artist, you know, like a singer, songwriter, whatever. Click here if you're a music producer. Click here if you're both. And it was so interesting to see what people clicked. And now... That is cool. Yeah. He delivers certain content based on what they said. So if he's going to have a whole how-to mm -hmm. for producers, he doesn't want to send that to his artists. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you're treating people's inboxes like with as much care as possible. You're not sending anyone an mm -hmm. email where they think, mm, this doesn't apply to me. Right. But when he gets on Instagram and shares stuff it's going to reach people that it's not relevant for. So that's one reason why email is way better in that case. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I feel that way a lot also uh, with like influencers or creators that I follow whose lives go in a different direction. Like they are, and this is meant in the kindest way possible, but like they, maybe they're getting, going through a divorce or maybe they have a child or maybe they're pregnant. Like people on Instagram really, you see their life. So they kind of have to, to like lean into that, I think a little bit more, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just like you said, not everything applies to everyone. So the cool thing about email is that you can say like, Hey, I, I'd love to share these, you know, new mom recommendations with you. Like, are you interested? And, and that way you might still have a lot of things that are valuable to share, but it's going to be easier for you to segment out and figure out like, and potentially also craft content ahead of time. That's helpful for people. That's more evergreen than posting, you know, a story on Instagram. Yep, totally. So I know we don't have a ton of time left. Let's hop into what does monetization look like for email versus social media? One way that we've kind of talked about is ads. So if you haven't explored that yet, you can definitely put ads in your emails. There are ways you can do it by working with a company like ConvertKit, for example. We have the sponsor network where we will reach out to brands and try and find ads to put in your emails. That's only available to us, you know, a smaller amount of creators right now, but it'll definitely be opening up to more in the future. So that's one way. But also I've seen even creators with less than a thousand subscribers fill spots in their emails and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So they'll do things like tweet, Hey, I'm sending out my email tomorrow to 500 awesome subscribers who are business owners. And I have an ad spot open for $200. Who wants it? And I've seen like multiple people respond and say, I'd love to do that. So I think it's a great way to get creative to monetize your emails if you haven't looked into that already. And I love what you said, Melissa. It's a great way to make that ad money instead of Instagram making it off the back of your content. Yeah, definitely. Affiliate links are one of the most popular things I see in email these days. That's a great way to naturally make money in a really authentic way if you're mm -hmm. already sharing about something you love. Like if I were to send an email newsletter about how we record this podcast, I could link the microphone I'm using right now and the right. headphones we're both using. Mm -hmm. And some people might find that really helpful. I can make that an affiliate link and make a little bit of money based on if people buy those products. That's a great way to authentically make money just by sharing what you're using. 
I don't know if it's, if something's happening, like I'm getting <laughs> older and like something, there's something happening. But email is so much easier for me to organize how I think about purchasing things than social media. I feel like I am inundated by so much crap on social media. It's yeah. so exhausting and overwhelming. And I think I'm tired after I sit on Instagram for a while. Like it is draining to me. I think it's interesting that you can have some money to spend like I, you know, if I have a little bit of money that I want to spend on certain things like hair care or skincare, it's so overwhelming to sit there and have all these targeted ads and influencers targeting you with like, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't always feel authentic. So I think that's a really good point. I love that call out that with email, it can be easier to like go back to that and be like, so what were they talking about again? I think I want to revisit that and maybe purchase. But with Instagram, I can't find anything. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. Right. I know. That's when I do see something on Instagram, like, oh, I kind of want to buy that maybe later. It's like, do I screenshot this? Do I save the link? I screenshot everything. Yeah. And then your photos are a mess. So I agree. Email makes it so much easier to buy stuff. So that's another Mm -hmm. great reason why you should sell things through email. And then a couple other options are digital products and links to book calls with you. Um, That's one I've seen Mm -hmm. get more and more popular depending on your niche. But in case you didn't know, on ConvertKit, you can create a digital product and it's so easy. It takes like maybe five minutes to set up and you can embed it in your email, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's just a really cool way to monetize your emails. It could be a $5 PDF template mm-hmm. kind of thing. It could be a you know $30 ebook. It could be, I've seen some people sell $5,000 for consulting each month yeah. and they do very well. So right. it's really um, whatever you make it. Lots of options. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to end on something that people might not always think about, but I thought would be, it's sort of a little plug, I guess, for ConvertKit. If you're not a ConvertKit user, don't feel like we're making you feel bad for not being one. (laughs) But it's just something that we wanted to share. So like, keep in mind, if you are a creator, and you're looking to grow your business, a good ESP can do a lot more than just help you send emails. One of those examples would be help grow your list. So we've talked about this a little bit. We have a lot of exciting things happening in ConvertKit right now. But we want to make it easier for you to connect with other creators and their audiences in order to grow your list. Yeah. So we have the Creator Network. If you haven't signed up already, it's creatornetwork.com. By the time this episode comes out, it might be available for everyone. That seems likely. So, But either way, go to creatornetwork.com if you haven't already. It's insane. We have some creators who have millions of subscribers, New York Times bestselling authors, and they're in the Creator Network. And it's now the number one way they grow their list over all of their other things they have going on. They already have really quickly growing lists, but Creator Network is now their top performing list growth tool. So definitely check that out. Some other things are helping you monetize your emails. We talked about ConvertKit Commerce. So if you haven't checked that out, Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. And then helping you find advertisers, which is the ConvertKit Sponsor Network. If you have questions about that, feel free to reach out to us and we can ping the team in charge of it. But it's going to be huge once it's available to more people. And it already is huge for a lot of people involved. Definitely. Well, I think that kind of just goes to show that email is here to stay. Yes. And we obviously are big fans of email. Yeah. 
I love email as always. I'm like, please never die email. What am I going to do? I know. We're going to lose our jobs. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I think it's a very common consensus that most people in the industry don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. So, yeah. If you have a social media platform and you see a lot of a success on there and you don't have an email list, we really highly encourage you to consider asking for those email addresses and find some ways to interact with your audience through email. Yep. Perfect. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.